0: Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Didn't see its shadow. So we're supposed to have an
0: early spring. Awesome. I didn't even follow up on that to see if that yeah. fucking rodent saw yeah. anything.
1: What gets me is like, I I, I I saw it online on like, you know, some thing that was on Facebook, like some articles like, you know, fucks Tony Phil, like didn't see a shadow. And I saw it like, oh, cool. Early spring. And I went, I'm relying on my weather from a
0: fucking rodent. Yeah. That's what we do here in America.
1: You know, and then I realized we have a similar practice here in Muncie. I don't know if you're aware of it. What's that? Well, if a meth head shits in the alley, that's the early signs of a raid.
0: Ah, it all makes sense. I've seen it. I believe it. I haven't seen it. Uh, what
1: What would you actually do if you happened to cross a fucking meth addict taking a dumper in an alley? Would you turn around? I I feel have a feeling like I turn around. I have a feeling like I like like you know, when you walk in on your mom in the bathroom, you know, you like you turn a corner of the alley and you're like, Oh, sorry. Oh,
0: yep, there it is. <laughs> I'd probably just mosey on and be like, Oh, mind your mind your business. I'm I'm okay.
1: Keep going. Don't attack me. Squ- me. Squat it down, look you down, they look up and they go, You got meth? And i like, No what no, oh god, no. <laughs> How
0: about T P <laughs> Believe it or not, that is a hot commodity in prison. T P. Yeah. If they don't get their TP delivery, all hell's gonna break loose. Like we had that polar vo- vortex last week, mm-hmm. and so it delayed the postal service for a day. Mm. They went without their toilet paper. Oh, yeah. People were mad. You know what I learned?
1: That in jail, our jail, a trick, if you want a cigarette, well, I mean, you just have a cigarette, but you can't have a lighter, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't have matches. So, whatever legal documents you have that are stapled, take the staple out, wrap it in toilet paper, toss it in the microwave. There's your there's your fire, isn't that some fucking MacGyver life
0: hack shit? This podcast is for educational purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> do not attempt.
1: Don't attempt it at home. But if you get locked up, give it a whirl. What the fuck? What are you gonna do? Take go in your cell.
0: Okay? Yeah.
1: Where the fuck else am I going to go?
0: Give you a write-up. Give you a longer time.
1: You mean I can't finish this game of solitaire while fearing for my life? Right. Bummer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome to Martini's and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem.
1: On our anniversary.
0: On our anniversary. Not the
1: podcast, marriage.
0: Yes. Today. Well, not the day you're hearing this, but today when we're recording, it is Saturday, February 9th. And Billy and I have been married for 17 years. Yeah. That's a long fucking time.
1: We've been married longer than we've been, like, not married.
0: Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Because we started dating. I was 16 and you were Uh 15. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's dating. We've been together way longer than we've been apart. But we've been married longer than... Married
0: in 2002, but we started dating in 96, so six more years on top of 17, so 23 years. Mm Mm-hmm. That means we've known each other for 26.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You've known these baby blue eyes and dimples for a quarter of a century. Yeah. Why do you say it like that? God damn,
0: That's a long time. Jesus Christ. Fuck, sorry. No, not that, because it's just so long. It's just been a long time. I feel old.
1: You You killed my smile.
0: Oh, I love your smile.
1: No, it's gone. That's it's it. so
0: cute with the little dimples. It's so cute.
1: I'm gonna go look for a meth head taking a shit in an alley. Uh,
0: probably won't take you long.
1: They'll appreciate me. I know.
0: Just <laughs> go down by your work.
1: I was gonna say can't throw a rock without hitting a meth addict, and I was like, they'd smoke it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> pick it up thanks bro <laughs> We're like dude <laughs> you're my savior <laughs> can't wait to burn my lips on this mm, wow all right guys so for oh
1: you didn't introduce yourself
0: my name's erica <laughs> yeah i'm joined by my husband and co-host billy i'm billy on our wedding anniversary yay i got a little sidetrack talking and about methods
1: and we're spending it with you
0: we are we're spending it with you guys because we love you
1: let's hug we're hugging. oh
0: he's he's hugging the microphone can you guys feel it go. that was nice that was good that was nice yeah i didn't get in on that that was just i, I have social anxiety and mm.
1: uh <laughs> do you want to have an do you want to have an um here give me your, give me your, give me your paper what let's have an oprah hug oprah hug yeah
0: all right if you guys... i so proud of you. Oh, if you don't know what an Oprah hug is, it's when you just clasp hands and interlock fingers and you just give the other person emotional support. Yeah. that That's what Oprah does. Yep. She I'm, does for her peeps. I'm not getting you a van. I don't want a van. No, you don't get a van and you don't get a <laughs> van. Nobody's getting a van. All right. So, like I was saying before I forgot to introduce us, this is an episode... That the topic was actually found by Billy. I'm a rare one. Every once in a while I'll every I'll once get in one a while out. he sneaks one in on me.
1: And I pr- approached her with another topic, but she hasn't given me a yes yet, so I said maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. You've known me long enough, you know what maybe means. Yeah, it means probably not because no, you're it pessimistic. Doesn't. I may be pessimistic in your eyes. To me, I'm a realist. <laughs>
1: Oh, there it is. I was just about to fucking say it too. Every fucking pessimistic that there is on this planet defend it by saying that shit.
0: It's pessimist, not
1: pessimistic. I give a fuck. <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you if you talk to somebody like, oh, why are you so pessimistic? They'll go, I'm not. I'm realistic. Like, oh, that's your
0: fucking throwaway. Well, see, and that's the that's dichotomy the of our relationship. Billy finds the silver lining. I bring this shit down to real. Yeah, <laughs> this is what really happened. <laughs> but this one, I may not have such a clear cut answer for you guys. This I, one's a mystery.
1: You know, optimists and pessimists. I think there was a cool analogy. I think it was um, on the show Modern Family. I love that show.
0: Mm-hmm, it's a good show.
1: Um, but the 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 two the husbands, yeah, the gay couple, the gay couple. They one's pessimistic and one's optimistic, and then like he was. Or maybe I read it on a tweet. I can't remember. Fuck, I'm, I'm stupid. We're old. But like optimist, an optimist invented the plane, but a pessimist invented the parachute. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's not bad.
0: But that in turn is
1: realistic. Yeah. Oh, no. Modern Family said like... He said like... Um, I try to fly, but you keep me grounded. And he's like, I stay grounded, but you show me how to fly. That's what it, that's, there's that something like that. And I was Aww. like, oh, that's sweet. Okay. Let's get to some sad stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, you're learning. You're learning how to bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. You did that at the end of the last episode with talk about Kevin Barnett. Yeah. yeah. boop a Bird Luger. Yeah. Live long and prosper, Bird Luger.
1: The opioid epidemic is horrible in this country. Now you say something. We're having a conversation.
0: Feline AIDS is the number one killer of domesticated <laughs> cats. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> All every, right.
1: every scrotum has a seam, and it's weird.
0: If you listen to, it's either on Crime and Sports or Small Town Murder, great podcast. They talk about it being a weld. And if you go find that episode, I'll give you a gold star through the internet high five. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has anxiety. It's, it's a weld.
1: <laughs> she has anxiety. She won't. Do, I have social anxiety. I can't but hug you
0: guys. That's
1: about well as close she's going to get. It's going to be
0: weird in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Kate's going to be rubbing my hair and I'm going to be like, uh... <laughs> i don't know what to do i need an
1: adult i need an adult <laughs> we just have shirts i say Martinez and macabre on it and then you should say don't hug me and my shirt my shirt just say hug me instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll just stand right by you yeah i'm not much of a hugger
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't hug me hug him and have an arrow point to me and mine's like champion
0: hugger 1981 19- <laughs> <1981." laughs> there you go that's what it'll be so uh, let's get into this
1: awesome topic that
0: I found. Yes, he did. Um, and I believe you came across this from the episode on YouTube. Me? Mm-hmm. No. How did you find it? It's on um, Hulu.
1: It's a uh, uh, Buzz, fu- BuzzFeed Unsolved.
0: Well, it's BuzzFeed Unsolved, but their actual station is on YouTube. Oh, sure. It just happens to be it's on, on It's YouTube. on Hulu.
1: And Hulu has true crime and then paranormal. And then I think it's like crime and sports. Or Sports Conspiracy Theories. That's a new one that came out. Hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, well. There, this, is, this is the true crime series that yeah, you know, we're talking about.
0: There is, it's a great 20-minute BuzzFeed Unsolved episode. Like I said, it's on YouTube, and I guess you can find it also on
1: Hulu. I can't remember the names, but the hosts, they're really funny. They have good Shane chemistry. Shane and Ryan, I want to say. They have good yeah, chemistry.
0: They're, they're good. So, definitely go watch it when this is done. They also have a follow-up Q&A episode called uh, Postmortem. And you can find that as well. So just search The Eight Day Bride on YouTube and they will pop up. Because that's what this case is about. The Eight Day Bride. We've been talking about it. It's the mysterious death of 22-year-old Christina Kettlewell, which took place in Canada in 1947. So we're going back up north. Canada. So Christina's maiden name was Christina Cecilia Mocon, and she lived in Mimico, Ontario. That's
1: a lot. That's that's actually pretty cool. What? The name and where she's from? Christina Cecilia Mokon. Mokan. from I think it's Mokon. Mokon from Mimico, Ontario. Damn, yeah. that's all that's classy <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> I'm Billy from Indiana.
0: Woo-hoo! See?
1: Like, you know, doesn't Indiana. it doesn't hit the ear so well. Meth Central. That
0: <laughs> she uh, worked at a bank and was described as quote unquote capable. That seems kind of passive aggressive. Like, well, she's capable, but that doesn't mean she's
1: good. Yeah. That uh, that doesn't seem like a dig. She can
0: get the job
1: done. It doesn't seem like a dig, but something where it's just like, that gives a shit. Like, well, how would you rate her performance? She showed up.
0: Yeah. Um, She was
1: here. She's right over there. She's counting money. Yeah. She's proficient at counting money on the times that she counts the monies. She can
0: get the job done, but not. Um she's um she's here she she's
1: something she's a part of our secret santa party and, uh, <laughs> let's see she has she helps with the potlucks she has a calendar of the hunky firefighters i talked to her about it i and, don't know
0: that they had those 1947
1: and she said i could do whatever the fuck i want charles and i was like god damn you're capable of insulting me so there she is over there. She eats her lunch at her desk. That's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What they say? What do they say at Bob's Burgers? If she, <laughs> about boring, boring Jessica, bland Jessica's like, if she were a spice, she'd be flour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. She she was just she was capable. She could she could get the job done. Not necessarily well, but she got it done.
1: One time she wore a hat. <laughs> It looked nice.
0: (laughs) She had known a man named John Ray Kettlewell for about three years, but he went by Jack. And I don't know how you get Jack from John Ray, but for continuity, we're going to call him Jack. So John Ray is Jack. Jack was a 26-year-old war veteran, and the two of them began dating... But her dad, who was a Polish immigrant, wasn't too keen on their relationship because Jack wasn't Roman Catholic. So Jack converted.
1: He, he was Roman capable because he shows, up <laughs> time. He, he shows up five minutes early for the date, which is pretty cool. Roman capable. <laughs> they go out and have chicken. It's really nice.
0: Well, Jack, in an effort to make things more acceptable, converted. And the two progressed in their relationship. It's fucked up.
1: You convert your faith to appease a motherfucker. Yeah, like,
0: I, I, but he's stuck with it. You'll learn later in the game. He's he's stuck with it.
1: I don't know why you don't worship Satan.
0: Oh, I can I can
1: do. Is that uh, is this a deal breaker? Is this what we do? Uh, is this um. So this is what you do on days that end with the letter Y. Okay, I'm well, down.
0: And that could be kind of a a glimpse into how he is, where he just kind of wants to appease everyone, make everyone happy, go with the flow. Could be.
1: That's, that's super capable.
0: Or he really loved her and was like, yeah, I'm going to change the whole belief system that I have. I'm going
1: to change the inner workings of my fucking soul.
0: <laughs> For you.
1: We're like, you know, I, I don't like you coming around here because you're not Roman Catholic. <laughs> well, I was um, born and raised Jewish, but um, if it'll get you off my ass, then you know, I, I don't really like Polish people. How about that? But I said shit. How about that?
0: Well, anyway, moving on. Jack had a best friend named Ronald Barry, who was a twenty-eight-year-old immigrant from Northern Italy, formerly named Ronnie Ciufo. It's I... a me, Ronnie, Ronnie from Italy. Hey, I don't know why we're giving him like a Jersey accent. I don't but... know why we're doing <laughs> stereotypes like this. You know? I don't know. So, uh, Ronnie Ronald... just wants to do. Mwah! Yeah, just like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> When you kiss your fingers mm-hmm. and you make them explode into jazz hands.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's quite like that.
1: The but pizza was just so magnificent. <laughs>
0: like that. I don't think it's like that
1: at all. I would. And I would maintain eye contact the entire time.
0: Like you're doing right now? Yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> Roman Catholic capable, Billy. Whoa. See? I got it. Uh, you got something damn i'm good Mm. damn i'm smooth uh really anyway (laughs) are you though (laughs) ronald had failed ventures in construction and insurance how do you fail construction it's a hammer and fucking nail uh evidently he couldn't read measurements or he tried to start a business and it just wasn't bringing in money or I'm
1: not good with measurements either to be honest with you me, me with a tape measure is like just like a monkey with a
0: football. you hurt your thumb a lot don't you when it snaps back
1: <laughs> you know when I was a kid I did hit myself in the face
0: <laughs> I had a similar thing happen but it was with the slinky when well, my stepbrother and I decided to stretch it along the whole length of my dad's trailer yeah he lived in a trailer it's fine yeah
1: that's fine There's so wrong with that. we
0: stretched it about a hundred feet and then let go, and it was a tangled web we weaved. <laughs> you got
1: your ass kicked
0: by a It slinky. was a mess. <laughs> I mentioned
1: a monkey holding a football. That the, I, I misspoke. That's not how you say it. It's like a monkey fucking a football. Something that doesn't make sense. Oh. A monkey fucking a football. A monkey can hold a football. That's fine. They'd probably enjoy it and play with it and throw it along with their feces. I said it just like no more than a minute ago. And I was like, that didn't sound right when I said it. (laughs) Monkey holding a football.
0: Old people throw feces too. Monkey
1: fucking a football. Soup sandwich. Football bat. Things that don't make sense. I got it now. Billy. Yeah?
0: Things that don't make sense. Oh, right. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. Ronald had failed in construction and insurance. But he was a professional ballroom dancer. I don't see how you could fail with insurance. He wasn't making any money? I don't Why are you questioning everything that he's failing at?
1: Um, Because evidently he sucks at life. Insurance is easy. Look, I bet you you're going to die. I bet you I won't. All right, bet. There, insurance. I'm done.
0: <laughs> I'll take that bet.
1: You're taking a bet. <laughs> and somebody's going to have to pay up at some point. <laughs> There, insurance, figure it out. I bet you right now there's an insurance salesman listening to this in a cubicle going, No! That's not not how this works!
0: (laughs) Billy, you simple bitch. There's more to it. There are so many forms. I don't know. (laughs) Well, Jack and Ronald had been very close. And when Christina came into the picture, the three of them spent an unusual amount of time with each other. Christina's family had issues with this as well. I'm I'm thinking Eiffel Tower. Maybe. Could be. Her sister, Helen, commented that the family thought Ronald might be in love with Christina.
1: Which is fine if that's how you roll. If you want Eiffel Tower, Eiffel Tower.
0: Sure, if you're all in agreement.
1: Yeah. God, please, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the family also felt that Christina was scared of both men in some way. Jack proposed to Christina, and she ended up disappearing for two weeks near the end of April 1947, and it's not really clear where she went or what she was doing during that time, but her family couldn't reach her.
1: Well, now, wouldn't it be, isn't that, I don't know, maybe I'm assuming too much, but isn't that something like a a woman kind of likes in a guy as somebody who's like mysterious, who has the capacity just to maybe scare you, like, oh, I didn't know that side of him type of thing that's and, and that's also why the whole cliche stereotype of gravitating towards the bad
0: boy you know what i mean maybe but once you hear about but these like, guys but if
1: christina walked in on on him like eating a live chicken and it looked up and was like it's a fucking deal then, okay yeah be I scared scared be scared <laughs> have a bag ready full of your shit a you go can, bag a go bag <laughs> have a go bag prepared The, oh my god, he's eating live chicken bag, ready to go. (laughs) And skipping stones. You always need skipping stones when you run away.
0: Oh, that's part of the the whole package there, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you don't have skipping stones, what the fuck are you doing? Really?
0: Yeah, what the fuck are you doing, guys? Get your life together.
1: (sighs) Read a book. There's failures, then there's this one, am I
0: right? Yeah, you. Yeah, we're looking at you. What the fuck? I was talking about Christina, you fucking weird... This is why you have social anxiety problems. Nobody wants to hang
1: out with you, because you're being so
0: mean. Yeah, I'm a little mean. (laughs) You're
1: actually a sweetie pie.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, Christina disappeared, and then suddenly reappeared, and she and Jack eloped on May 12th. The newlywed Kettlewell spent the next few days in Toronto in an apartment on Tyndall Avenue, with Ronald joining them the entire time, which is pretty freaking weird.
1: Yeah, you know what this makes me think of is that skit from Mr. Show, the Third Wheel. Uh-huh. Legend, legend, the Third Ew. Wheel legend. He's like we can't do this because you know, she was talking about how he's always there. You know, it's like we can't do this. And he was like, "Why are you bleeding?" And she's like, "No, God, <laughs> I missed that show."
0: That was a good show.
1: Yeah, that's fucking weird. If you're on your honeymoon and
0: yeah, he went with them the whole time. So on the twelfth, they started staying in this apartment. And then five days later, on the 17th, the three of them went to a remote cottage that Ronald owned in Severn Falls, which was only accessible by boat. So now they're going to this very remote location. You can only get to it by boat. And I could understand Ronald taking them to his cottage and being like, enjoy it for the weekend. Have your honeymoon. I'll pick you up in three days. But that didn't happen. He stayed with them at the cottage, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: a good friend would, would be
0: like, "Enjoy my shit. I'll be back."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, please wash the linen. Hmm. Um, enjoy the s'mores. I bought stuff in preparation for your special honeymoon. This motherfucker walked in. and was like,
0: "Top monk. <laughs> All right, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys want to do first? You want to have sex? Can I watch?
1: What's for dinner? Chicken or chicken?
0: <laughs> Live chicken." <gasps>
1: <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, Christina was very capable of <laughs> being cool with all these players. It kind of, it kind of put her off a bit, but she was very capable of disappointment. And there it was. <laughs> what if I sit there like, uh, he's still here? Yeah, it's his cabin. Oh, fucking marriage sucks. <laughs>
0: Is it like it's going to be like this the whole time? Well, during the time at the cottage... I just
1: had an epiphany. She disappeared for two weeks, went to find some strange, and it was with a trucker. And he was like, you like butt stuff? And then she came right back and they got married right away. <laughs> okay, continue. I figured it out.
0: Actually, I did read some reports that she possibly got raped by multiple men.
1: Oh, good gravy. What, in that
0: two weeks she disappeared? I don't know if it was during that two weeks, oh. but prior to the marriage and that Jeez. someone... Guess that maybe she was running into marriage as a way to kind of make herself pure again. You know, some women feel like they're dirty or used or damaged, and
1: I never understood that because when I I see stuff like that, I'm like, You did nothing wrong, yeah, you know, but
0: but you kind of feel that way. But I I did read that in some reports, I don't know that that's 100% true, but it's possible. So during the time at the cottage, as later reported. Christina, During the weird time at the cottage. Yeah. Christina began to not act like herself. I wouldn't either if there's another fucking dude around. <laughs> she would be completely dazed at times, and at other times would have crying fits. She would confide in Ronald that she didn't know if Jack really loved her, both verbally and allegedly in letters, which will later come into play. And it was a really bizarre honeymoon, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, we're already <clears throat> at that. Yeah. So, then on May 20th, Shit got even weirder. The cottage caught fire, and Christina was nowhere to be found. Now, according to statements to police, Ronald had been out of the cabin, either on the boat or sunbathing, and he returned around 6 p.m. to find Jack sitting in the cabin, dazed and disoriented, with an injury to his head. Ronald used blankets to pull the injured Jack out of the burning cottage, but he couldn't find Christina. Since the cabin was only accessible by boat... He had to load Jack onto a boat to get to Severn Falls to reach a car to drive him to the hospital. I want to see this. So was this cabin on an island? How is it only reachable by
1: boat? It has to be on an island, I don't know right? if
0: there was, like, woods. There was no through roads that went to it. But you could only get uh, to it by boat.
1: It's only approachable by boat because you don't believe in yourself. <laughs> Because <laughs> you didn't perform the What's he going to do?
0: Just carry him over his shoulders to the find the nearest place for help? No. Put him or up. put him in the boat or take him where he can get help?
1: Put him in the car. Drive through the woods.
0: He had to take him in the boat to the car because he couldn't get the car to the cabin. That's
1: That was the problem in the first place. Maybe if he cowboyed the fuck up in the beginning and drove and they're like, why is this Maybe so Maybe he couldn't
0: because there were trees.
1: Well, that's just a negative attitude. That's stinking thinking. Tell you what. Oh, that's
0: my pessimism.
1: Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is.
0: Being a realist and all with trees in the fucking way.
1: What? I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> okay, drive around the trees.
0: What if there's not enough room to drive around the trees? There's
1: always room because of other trees that there's space between. And God, did you take stupid pills today? I hate you.
0: <laughs> I want a divorce. On our anniversary, you cold bitch. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta remember, this is 1947 in a remote cottage, so no cell phones, probably didn't have any landlines way the fuck out there, and no way for paramedics to even, like, get to them.
1: You know how to get people to get to you in this situation? Set the forest on fire.
0: Oh. They'll
1: come running. You might die. (coughs) But, hey, I mean, it looks to me like nobody's even trying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, do they even care?
0: He's trying. He loaded
1: his friend into a boat, took him to a car, took him to the hospital. Okay, so the flames ain't going to be licking you when you set the forest on fire when you get in the boat.
0: But then he would still get in the boat I wish I to a... go get help because the forest is on fire.
1: I wish I was a cop at this time. I had to figure this shit out. I quick.
0: wish you'd shut up. All right. <laughs> I see
1: what I'm not wanted. <laughs>
0: According to reports, Jack was treated at the hospital for burns, shock, a head injury of unknown origin, and effects of some kind of drugging, though they weren't sure what. Ronald was also treated at the hospital for burns and shock, according to one newspaper article. So that lends credence to the fact that he said, I went into the burning cottage and got Jack out, because he was actually burned. While they were being treated that night, the owner of a boathouse in the area, Meville Sweet, found Christina's body at the foot of the dinnertime rapids on the banks of the river that went by the cottage. She was barefoot and wearing flowered pajama pants and a man's shirt and was lying in just nine inches of water, only 150 feet from the cottage. There were no obvious signs of injury or trauma on her body and her feet were said to be clean and unmarked, not like she had walked or ran to where she was found without having had shoes on. Her autopsy found traces of codeine in her stomach and I couldn't... Ascertained exactly how much but it didn't make it sound like it was a huge amount but her official cause of death was drowning an even more strange note here is that one of the first responders to the fire major lawrence Scarterfield, said that he had been running back and forth to the river to get buckets of water for the fire and never saw christina's body in the area so was he just too focused on the fire to notice or was she just put there later or did she end up there by herself later And we'll ponder that in a little bit. Once released from the hospital, Jack was interrogated by police for three hours, which doesn't seem that long compared to most interrogations of people directly involved in cases like this. I mean, you hear about him doing six, eight, ten hours interrogations, and he's only questioned for three. Hello, it's 7.30 p.m. The
1: temperature is 25 degrees. And
0: you give me shit about my phone.
1: Erica? Look, it's muted.
0: Why do you have an alarm at 7.30?
1: To get up and go to the gym. It's working great. (laughs) You can clearly tell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Jack was interrogated for three hours, and he claimed that he did not recall anything from that day after 11 a.m., possibly due to the drugging. Ronald, on the other hand, was interrogated for 13 hours. That's fucking
1: ridiculous.
0: And provided a 3,000-word statement to the police, which they described as, quote-unquote, fantastic.
1: Now, that takes on a different meaning than today. Yeah.
0: Now, I looked this up because they questioned this on BuzzFeed as like, you know, oh, that was fantastic. It was impeccable. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. But the first definition of fantastic is extraordinarily good or attractive. Now I've never heard police describe a statement as being this way,
1: but that's, that's the definition I associate fantastic with.
0: Yeah. That's not what I heard because that's not what I associate with a statement. This is what I heard is the second definition imaginative or fanciful remote from reality. Just like, He's making a fantasy story here. Yeah, it is fantastical. It is crazy. It is out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that police thought his statement was to bring back a great word from the Death by Ecto Cooler episode: poppycock, or malarkey, or utter, I like malarkey, utter bullshit. Just pick one. They they thought it was crap. I like
1: straight tripping. Yeah, he was straight <laughs> tripping. Say that shit during a press conference. <laughs> hey, he's straight tripping, yo. Uh, well, what was that, Captain? Straight tripping. Straight tripping. <laughs> Next question.
0: <laughs> as many as twenty other people were questioned about the case as well. No word on if their statements were fantastic.
1: What bothers me about the thirteen-hour you know interrogation is I've, of course, I've never been arrested and I've never been interrogated, but I think a lot of it would probably drive somebody. F- I think that's how they get their information is mm-hmm. they're like, all right, now, this is, now let's say we're on hour six of this,
0: right? He's like, all right. And that's how a lot of false confessions happen too, yeah. is people just get worn down.
1: And they're like, okay, I know where you were during this time. I know where she was and I know where he was. Now let's just start from the beginning. And he's like, God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> it was like, okay, okay, I'm getting confused. Explain this to me again. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of shit. Yeah, I, I probably would too. Even if I was, concu- they're
0: looking for a way to catch you tripping yourself up.
1: Yeah. Here's how you stop a 13-hour investigation. This is a podcast of education. You
0: I ready? want my lawyer. I want my lawyer. There you Make go. The
1: first fucking thing you say
0: before you ever get interrogated. I want my lawyer. There that's, you go. If I was
1: arrested, seriously, I'd be like, um, okay, I want my lawyer. And that's the only thing you're going to hear come out of my mouth from here on out. So um, you can continue talking and asking me questions. The answer is going to be, I, I want, want my, my lawyer. lawyer. You can record it and play it on a loop or I'll just keep saying it. You want me to I s-
0: want my lawyer. You
1: want me to start from the beginning? Okay. I want my lawyer. <laughs> you want me to tell you what happened next? Give me my lawyer. Lawyer, please. <laughs> lawyer. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you're sitting here, officer. I'm waiting for that lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know what makes it worse? Not so much, I want a lawyer. I want my lawyer. If you have your own lawyer, it gets mm-hmm. worse. Because usually they give you some court-appointed fucking lawyer who, you know, they're just going to throw it on. And he doesn't know what's going on. But, mm-hmm. like, I get my lawyer on the phone. Here's the number. Yeah. That, I bet you most cops are like, fuck.
0: <laughs> there goes that. Well, an inquest into whether foul play was involved in Christina's death began on June 19th, and it became a huge spectacle due to the immense news coverage surrounding the mystery. People packed into the courtroom, and the crowd flowed out to the grounds outside, many of which stopped Jack and Ronald for autographs. Why? And, yeah, and if you do an image search, you can actually find a picture of the two. Jack is solemnly signing an autograph, just kind of stone-faced, And Ronald is in the background with a huge fucking smile on his face, like he was enjoying this strange notoriety. Well, a picture's worth a thousand words. That
1: could also be a smile of like, fucking serious? You guys want fucking autographs?
0: Yeah. But it still, it looks kind of strange when, you know, this is just a few weeks after she died and he's just like, got this big old gaping smile on his face. Yeah, but you can see, who's the other guy stone-faced? Jack. Jack. The husband. I
1: could also see that too, where he's stone-faced like, you want my what? My... my autograph, you just sign my, sh- sign my shit. Is that what you yeah. To-
0: and that's kind of the look he has. I mean, and of right. course we can't judge guilt by how someone looks or reacts, but.
1: I, I bet it was a face like, oh, man, this is fucking weird. Yeah. But okay. It's one of those.
0: <laughs> and then you got Ronald in the background be like, Hey, next autograph. Oh, Woo-hoo. See, again,
1: it's like with the word fantastic. I'm, I'm thinking of it as like,
0: ha, they want our fucking what? <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe they just act differently when they're from Italy. I just Hey, outside. they want my autograph. Want me to build
1: you a cabin? I'm not good.
0: <laughs> I can sell you some insurance. No, I Maybe. can't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Many strange things came out during the inquest. Ronald claimed that he had borrowed money from several people to the tune of $12,500 to loan to Christina shortly before the wedding, which he said she paid back, Along with $500 in interest, so okay. $13,000.
1: I'm going to put a pin on that myself. You can keep going. I want to know something.
0: Um, and this was not in the BuzzFeed. Oh, that's fine. Um, okay, let's see. Um, $12,500 in what year?
1: 1947. forty-seven. Forty-seven. Wow.
0: But this is also Canadian too.
1: Okay, well let's just say for argument's sake it's American. Um twelve thousand five hundred dollars is equivalent to the purchasing power now with inflation. One hundred seventy thousand
0: dollars and twenty-two cents. Wow. Yeah. That's a chunk back yeah, then. Okay. That is a chunk. And it's not really sure what Christina would have needed this money for or how she was able to repay it so quickly on a meager bank teller wage, I mean she's a, a, capable, a capable, bank but she's teller not wage. good. Remember, I mean she she can do it, but she's there. Like she she clocks in and clocks out. She
1: she she eats her 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 lunch, but she doesn't go in the fridge and eat everybody else's
0: lunch. So, and then she like um, sucks everything off her fingers, and you can hear her slurping over in her bank teller line and
1: this one time she didn't punch out and i was like why didn't you punch out and she was like i forgot and i was like oh so she's she's capable (laughs) (laughs) that's what
0: i'm getting from this (laughs) i think of her (laughs) (laughs) like you didn't know she was there her (laughs) yeah what do you think of christina who who
1: (laughs) she's literally right behind you oh Her? her Oh, um, she is very capable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she made coffee once. Yeah. So, um, yep. it wasn't that good. She's a okay she
0: in my book because she put in the effort.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she got the cheap brand. She didn't get Folgers, but you know, <laughs> I didn't make the coffee and she did. So she's. Yeah. She's capable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so none of this really made sense on why he would be loaning her this much money and the fact that he had to borrow it from like six different people to loan it to her and then she was able to repay it so quickly. But uh, C.P. Hope, who led the inquest, called Ronald, quote, a liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy but whose purpose and design are shrouded in mystery, end quote. You know, that's a,
1: that's, that's a damning thing to say. I, I find those things to be absolutely damning to somebody. It's you basically
0: know, the equivalent of saying, uh, he was straight driven.
1: Because, <laughs> like, to me, it's more hurtful. Like, it, you know, if you're asked about it, you know, and you're like, the motherfucker lied his ass off. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay.
0: but He lied his ass off, but we don't know why, is basically what he said.
1: Yeah, But I mean, like, let me see if I can find it here. Bear with me. Yeah. He lied his ass off. Or, he is a liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy. That's hurtful. That's like, so you are like, god damn,
0: ow. But whose purpose and design are shrouded in mystery. He lied, but we don't know why and about what. Is basically what he said.
1: Like, if I saw that on TV... He's like, oh, he 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 was lying the entire time. I'd be like, Pfft, oh, I wasn't stupid. But <laughs> they said something like that. I'd be like, ah, oh, change the channel.
0: God, oh, ow, my heart, ow, jeez. Yeah. So CP he meant that shit. He wasn't really buying anything Ronald was laying down. Sure, the shit wasn't. Now some titillating details. You titillating. said titillating. You said titty. Titillating. You said titty. I didn't say titillating.
1: I said titillating.
0: Titillating. You said tit. I don't know. Some titillating details about the relationship between Jack and Ronald also came out. Jack's statement to the police following his release from the hospital said that he and Ronald had been lovers for some time. On the stand, though, Jack said the police wanted to build this story into their case, and he was coerced into making the statement. So he broke and told police that he and Ronald were lovers to get the police off his back after only three hours of questioning. Hey, it's
1: a broke back cabin. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you don't have to. That
0: <laughs> yeah, most people don't like break and succumb to police coercion after just three hours. <laughs> maybe
1: that's all they needed. Maybe Jack, that's all they needed with him. You know, it was like, but he
0: did have a head injury and he was drugged, so <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, like for three hours, you know, like
1: they're they got him, they got you know ronald in the other room for thirteen, mm-hmm. but Jack is sitting there. He's like, I don't remember much. But that dick.
0: <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> you
1: know you know when you catch a dick in the mouth and it's more like, oh, oh, oh. it wasn't as like, oh, oh, oh. it was one of those. Wow. I was like, I, I was like, see better.
0: <laughs> wow. For being so racist and stereotypical, awful. (laughs) And you, the tone's like, "Well, got all I need." (laughs) Just got up and left. Yep, that's what we got. And period. There's your statement. We're done here. How's your head? Sign here, please.
1: We're done here. How's your head? Pretty good, from what he said. No. How's your head feeling? Oh, it's about
0: your head, like on your <laughs> skull. <laughs> How's your head?
1: My head game's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> it's
1: fantastic.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> I was actually told that by a sergeant yesterday. Your head game's earpl- fantastic? No. What the fuck? Oh, about my earplugs, how they got a little mustache and a monocle on them. He said, Fantastic. <laughs> so that's my new catchphrase Fantastic. You should have been like, They glow in the dark too. They do. You guys, my earplugs glow in the dark, and they got a little mustache and a monocle on them, and they're so cute. (laughs) I'm not very girly, but that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the Crown Council CP Hope, continued to press Jack on the stand, not believing that his statement was strong-armed by the police. On June 20th, the Toronto Star printed an article about this, stating, quote, When Kettlewell, after vigorous questioning, agreed with Mr. Hope's repeated suggestion that he and Ronald were male lovers, the fantastic triangle of twisted and thwarted emotion took shape, end quote. There's that fantastic again. (laughs) Well, Ronald had allegedly admitted to this as well.
1: See, what's crazy is like, that's why Christina was weird throughout the whole honeymoon it was an Eiffel Tower, but there was a guy in the middle of the tower, and she's like, I don't understand the physics of how we're <laughs> supposed to do this. And it racked her brain so much, she was like, I gotta go! <laughs> she was acting weirdly. She's entire like,
0: time. this is fucking weird, guys. It's how, 1947, and this isn't this acceptable. <laughs> how does this work?
1: It was like, oh, well, you just strap this around your waist. But What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: even know if they had that then.
1: And we're supposed to Oprah hug when we're doing this? I don't even. Have, this doesn't do anything for me.
0: Bringing it back to the Oprah hug. Nice. The best. Yeah. Well, in an that's old... the
1: first time an Oprah hug and a strap-on has been used in the same. Wow. Fucking sentence.
0: Probably won't be the last. No. Nope.
1: I'm saving that one for my spank bank.
0: Wow. <laughs> an old newspaper clip I found from the Winnipeg Free Press said, "Quote." In a second statement, Barry, who is Ronald, that's his last name, admitted to being a party to sexual acts with Kettlewell, but insisted these improper relations lasted only a short time and had quote terminated a long time ago. I don't quote. know how to quit you. <laughs> it's I can't quit you.
1: I don't even know. I never seen the movie. I just know
0: that quote. You've never seen it? No. But you make jokes about it? Yeah. <sighs> For shame.
1: For sure.
0: It's actually a good movie.
1: I'm sure it is. I and it's not like I'm afraid to watch it. I'm not homophobic by any means, but I mean, I make gay jokes all the time yeah, at my expense. So yeah. But um it's just one of those things I just never got around to yeah, watching. It's actually you know, a pretty good movie. Took me forever to watch Passion of the Christ.
0: Yeah. I've watched it like once. Back when I
1: back when I considered myself to be a strong Christian, I never It's really,
0: really sad.
1: That's the thing. Is like, everybody's like, oh, if you're a Christian, you have to watch The Passion of the Christ. I'm like, I'm a Christian and I'm not going to watch it because I don't want to watch how the man gets ripped apart and dies. Yeah,
0: it's horrible. It's horrifying. And you will bawl and cry. And that's probably why I've only watched it once, yeah, even though like, we own it. It's like, here,
1: <laughs> check out the snuff film with your mom. Like, no, why would I want to fucking see that? No. <laughs> Whether you believe
0: Jesus was a Messiah or not, it's I mean, hard, it's
1: it's a hard watch. Even Yeah, even if you're atheist, that's a hard watch. And actually, to be honest, it sounds kind of fucked up, but hats off. They did good. Yeah. They they did. They made a very convincing. Mel Gibson
0: made a pretty good movie. That was pretty good. It's just one of those one and done. There you go.
1: An apocalypse go. <laughs> Apoc-
0: that's an Apocalypto. Good. That's, a, that's good a good movie. One. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to watch it. You have to be able to read, but you have to watch it.
1: I have to, oh,
0: lock.
1: I have to use subtitles when I watch that movie The Witch. And they speak English. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Billy can't make it out. I can't make it
1: out. <laughs> they talk they talk funny, weird, old English, and I don't know what they're saying.
0: Oh, poor Billy. Yeah. I would say read a book, but maybe you just need to read a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I have to have a book read to me. I can't. I don't.
0: <laughs> anyway, for string.
1: I bought like a bootleg, and I'm like, <clears throat> I can't understand shit they're saying. I thought it was because of the bootleg. No. <laughs> <laughs> what hath thought you say son of mine and i'm like fucking what and i had to turn on the fucking and i read it i was like
0: yep that's billy
1: uh, yeah i had to cliff note myself like because it didn't translate it for me it said what he said nice i'm yeah, still i'm still doesn't... looking at it like what the fuck are they? You, you know
0: <laughs> anyway okay so he evidently admitted to this according to this newspaper clip And the police commissioner referenced Jack and Ronald in a report as well, writing that their relationship was, quote, to put it mildly, to be unnatural, end quote, which is probably how they would have described a gay relationship back in 1947. Sure, probably. Another police report referenced that Christina was distressed by the, quote, unnatural conduct of her husband and Barry, end quote. So the the two were most definitely boinking. Yeah. Yeah. They were bobbing for Dick.
1: Yeah. She had trouble holding the camera. Back in
0: 1947. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Something else that came out during the inquest was that Christina had been suicidal, as evidenced by suicide notes Ronald provided to investigators. And Jack didn't even know they existed until the inquest. The first note was written on Easter Sunday, April 6th, Before Jack and Christina became engaged, and about five weeks before they got married, it was addressed to Ronald, and in it she said that she had tried to poison herself and wrote about, quote, the uncertainty of receiving a proposal, end quote, from Jack.
1: Is it that important? Yeah,
0: she's gonna kill herself because she isn't sure if Jack's going to propose or not.
1: And let's break it down to to just realistic facts here. You're gonna kill yourself because you ain't been asked a fucking question yet.
0: Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. In it, she wrote, quote, This will be the best way out, as I cannot bear to see another girl have him, end quote. Jack recalled that Christina had been ill on that day, but is unaware of any poisoning or suicidal thoughts.
1: Ronald read the note and laughed, because it wasn't another girl. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> silly.
0: So it's like, was she picking up on the fact that he's distracted because she thinks he has another girl, but it's really just Ronald? Or is she knowing of this relationship and calling Ronald a girl? Or it's, it's strange. I don't know. The second note was written at the end of April, hinting at her plan to not only kill herself, but to kill Jack as well. It was also addressed to Ronald, quote, When you love someone, you really love him. And I know there is no one for me but Jack. And if I cannot have him, I do not intend anyone else to. I waited, as you might say, in the hope that Jack would ask me to marry him, but I now realize I am just a passing fancy. Goodbye, Grant. It's funny, isn't it? All these years, I was the passing fancy. You're welcome for that. Yeah. A little clip from a show we like to call Family Guy.
1: It's a documentary series. It's just a docuseries.
0: Yeah. Made in cartoon form. Yeah. Brian wrote a play. About the pass passing fancy and uh, there you are. There you are. There it is. Don't sue us, Fox.
1: <laughs> now see, now see something like this, and I've always thought I've always thought this too. You know, if I can't have have them, I don't intend anybody else to okay, you know, like if if I like I like Erica, I love you. And I'm in love, hey, with, you, love, I'm in love with you. Hey thanks, and I'm in love with you. And if you weren't in love with me, I would still love you and want you to be happy. I wouldn't fucking kill you because mm-hmm. I can't have you. I would be like, okay, I love her so much that I want her to be happy. Wherever life takes her, I want her to be happy. This is selfish. Mm-hmm. This is very selfish. And yeah. it's selfish for anybody to do such a thing.
0: Yeah, completely. <clears throat> so there was one more note. And this last note was written the day before Christina died. Of heart failure. Always. Yep.
1: Yeah. You can boil it down. It makes a weird smell. The heart. When
0: you boil it down. (laughs) The heart. Yeah.
1: Makes a weird smell.
0: Uh,
1: I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's frightening. That was a weird weekend in Mexico. Oh. Weird slash (laughs) fun. I found myself. Oh,
0: okay. And a heart. (laughs) And a pot. A pot.
1: (laughs) They say don't drink the water. I didn't.
0: Wow. You're really carrying on with this. Bowl of heart. No, oh, wow.
1: Mm. What? I'm a little frightened. It belonged to a human. No big deal. Oh. See, you're frightened and you like it because I'm
0: mysterious and I'm dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad boy. From Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this last note. It was
1: a dog's heart. I'm kidding.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. This last note was written the day before she died, but this one wasn't addressed to Ronald. It was addressed to a Mrs. Thomas, the owner of the home in Mimico, where Christina and Jack had stayed briefly before they got married. According to Ronald, Christina had asked him to mail it when she finished writing it. She wrote, quote, Ronnie is in the boat outside somewhere. By the time he gets back, everything will be all over with he must have been afraid something would happen because he is staying an extra day to make sure we go back to Toronto with him, end quote. Now, this doesn't make sense if when she says, quote, everything will be all over with, end quote, she is referring to killing herself because she couldn't exactly ask Ronald to mail the letter if she had planned on being dead before he got back. So here's some more poppycock, most likely. Love that word. And if Ronald was asked to mail it, why did he still have it in his possession? Because he's not a good friend, tell you what. (laughs) And Ronald claimed during the inquest that he went back into the burning cottage to retrieve these letters. Why the hell did he even have these letters with him? And all of them were examined by handwriting experts who concluded that Christina had signed the letters, but it's not clear if they verified that she wrote the letters. And handwriting analysis in 1947 has to be a little suspect because of lack of technology. I mean, it's even questionable by today's standards.
1: No way. It's awesome. The L's loop.
0: Yeah, they do that. There you go. (laughs) So, did Christina really write the letters? Did someone else write them and then have her sign them while she was in one of her, like, drugged or dazed states? Or did someone forge the whole thing and conveniently save them from the blaze in the cottage? Hmm... Did I'm it? rubbing my Dude's non-existent mine. goatee. I will rub your beard. Mm. Suspect. Mm. Fantastic. <laughs> you know what's weird? I'm
1: sorry. You know what's weird is the handwriting analysis that goes on nowadays. They they try to figure out so much shit. They're like, oh, I can tell by looking at <laughs> the writing. Male, about 35, who was in a hurry and abused. Like, what? <laughs> he signed his fucking name. What are you talking about? Now you can tell, by the way, instead of a dot over the eye, he made a circle. He's insecure.
0: He made a little heart.
1: He made a heart. <laughs> He's longing for love in all the wrong
0: places. <laughs> Looking for love in
1: all the wrong places. But you get my point.
0: I, I get it. Kind of.
1: We had a good talk just now.
0: Yeah. Really? No. Not Did at we? all. No. No. Oh.
1: No. This was a failure of a conversation we've had.
0: I'm going to take a drag off my vape and ponder that conversation we just didn't have. Ow! <laughs> Cracked a tooth, didn't you? <laughs> Ow. Billy went to take a hit off his bay, but he hit his tooth. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Hmm. hmm. It's still whole. You didn't chip anything.
1: Not a fan of that.
0: <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> Be a good time for an ad right now.
1: <reigns bulunan'umen Eren> Here's an ad, 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 And that was the fucking ad, add, ad, 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 ad. ad.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, Christina's sister, Helen, also claimed that Christina was drugged just before the wedding. And when she, quote-unquote, came to out of her drug state, she was married. And she just rolled with it because she wanted to marry him anyway. (laughs) Uh, She's like, really? I woke up and I'm married? (sighs) Yes!
1: Life is so fucking weird. Somebody read those letters. Cool.
0: (laughs) And a police report states that there was a, quote, Strong suspicion, end quote, that Christina was in a state of mind, quote, other than normal, end quote, for a period of time before her death. It was believed that this was due to drugs or medication, but it was unclear if she was taking them herself or if someone else was drugging her. One
1: thing we know for sure is those drugs, they were capable.
0: They were capable.
1: And she woke up like I'm married? Sweet. I hope I'm a capable wife. <laughs>
0: But the owner of a home that Jack and Ronald had both lived in together said that Christina mentioned that she was worried something bad would happen if Ronald went with them on their honeymoon. So are we looking at suicide, murder, or an accident? Here's some evidence to support the murder theory. Murder. murder. Yes. That was good. Nice. This only <coughs> happens when the planets align
1: and it's our fucking anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> like like when, when we started, you know... You know, it was just
0: like... Same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed
1: that. I was like, that was pretty
0: cool. Yeah. Sometimes we have those jinx moments. Yeah. And it's like awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were insurance policies purchased before Christina's death. Not by that guy. Not by Ronald, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll find out. He maybe. Could, he couldn't do it. Jack supposedly took out two life insurance policies. One for him and one for Christina each for 5000 Canadian dollars before the two married, which had to be pretty sudden because, according to the letters, she was still writing about waiting on a proposal at the end of April, and the two got married May 12th.
1: If you're waiting on a proposal, you're going to live a life of depression.
0: So, in a two-week period, he decided he was going to marry her and purchase some life insurance policies. He's on it. Both of the policies contained a double indemnity clause that would allow the beneficiary to collect two times the amount if the cause of death was accidental, which would be the equivalent of around $260,000 today. The beneficiary on both policies? Ronald. Why were they not each other's beneficiaries? Because Ronald is a
1: good fucking friend.
0: Why would Ronald get the money if one of them died and not the other living spouse? That... It it doesn't make sense
1: it does it's called a suicide pact i thought you knew this shit
0: <laughs> sorry you know true crime I didn't mean to like let crazy. you
1: go good god dude i'm the one that has to school you now i'd be like an awesome insurance salesman hey buy you should, it you should buy some insurance no don't be a fucking nerd <laughs> there that's it so a
0: nerd is someone that doesn't buy insurance
1: yeah, you fucking dweeb buy some insurance I already have insurance. Mine's better. I don't even have to look at the other guys. I know. How do you know?
0: Quit being a dweeb. I'm sure that would get all of the sales. Fucking sign it.
1: <laughs> I I'd I'd, I like your
0: little eye glance. Like you're looking down at the paper like sign it. I'd build, sign I, it.
1: I would build rapport with the person. I'd call him bro.
0: Back in 1947?
1: <laughs> Back in fucking don't care. <laughs> bro. Yeah. I'm not I'm not really interested. Dude, bro, have you seen my papers? Now, what I did was I took pages out of a novel I read. They don't say anything about insurance, but fucking look, I took the time. <laughs> Sign here. <laughs>
0: I don't think that would work out well for you. How you Maybe not, that's how Ronald failed at insurance. He was have, taking pages out of a novel how and you having not, people sign up. How them. have
1: you not given me money yet? Why is there no money in my hand? I'm sorry. This is a weird fucking transaction. You have money. I need it. So put it in my fucking hand. And we'll say you're insured.
0: <laughs> I think that's how Ronald failed. He took Billy's approach. Fucking
1: insurance salesman of the year over here, man.
0: Well, also, Ronald took out an insurance policy, also in the amount of $5,000, Canadian dollars, of course, on his cottage, which later mysteriously burned down. The beneficiary on this policy? Jack! Why would the homeowner not be the beneficiary on his own homeowner's insurance? It doesn't make sense.
1: Oh, it does if you take pages out of a novel. It makes perfect (laughs) fucking sense.
0: Well, let's not forget, Ronald had tried his hand in insurance before and wasn't successful, but he knew how insurance worked. And he was a bedwetter. Really? Part of the McDonald's triad? That's what we're looking at here? I
1: don't know. Why not? You're just guessing? I'm sure at some point in his life he pissed the bed. Yeah. I'm pretty certain of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I'm yeah.
0: That's Billy's stance. Billy's stamp of approval. He pissed the bed.
1: <laughs> Hannibal lecturing the <laughs> fuck out of this. <laughs>
0: It was also brought up during. The oh, I'm Joe sure nickeling it. Maybe he did. Maybe. <laughs> it was also brought up during the inquest that Jack had received a war gratuity, which is a payment to Canadian servicemen given to them when they discharge. He had given this war gratuity to Ronald, though it's not clear why. And for unknown reasons, Jack had taken everyone in his family off of his will. So what the hell was everyone doing with their money and insurance policies? Then the wedding ring became suspicious. It was never recovered. Christina wasn't wearing it when she was found, and it wasn't found in the burnt remains of the cottage. It's not even clear where the ring came from. Some reports claim that Ronald purchased the ring, which, why would he? He's not the groom. And others claim that Jack borrowed the ring from a married friend, which, why would you do that? Who's going to marry someone wearing another wife's ring? And there was debate on the price of the ring as well, ranging anywhere from $1,000 to $13,000. But I did find a source that said that the $13,000 price tag would be today's equivalent and not $13,000 necessarily in 1947. So $1,000 might be correct in 1947 money. But even still, for all three of these people that supposedly had no money and all had to borrow from other people for unknown reasons... Where did a ring that expensive come from? And it's odd that the number $13,000 is exactly the amount that Ronald claimed Christina paid him back with the interest on the loan he gave her that he borrowed from other people. $12,500
1: 500 interest, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So the whole thing is freaking weird and no one knows where the ring went. At the end of the inquest, the jury was unable to come to a decision on whether foul play was involved. Despite all of the suspicious but circumstantial evidence, they stated, quote, Due to the fact that the post mortem examination disclosed codeine in the stomach of the deceased, and due to the suspicious fact that she was found drowned, this jury is unable to decide on the evidence given whether or not foul means were employed in her death. End quote. So Jack and Ronald were free to go and live a happy life together. <coughs> this is so romantic! Yeah, that didn't happen. Oh! Jack remarried three years later And he and his new wife Lived briefly in the same house That he had previously shared with Christina For a short while Which is weird
1: Inappropriate I would say
0: They had a son named Richard And ended up moving to another house Right across the street Another name for Richard is weirder. Dick Yep
1: There's my contribution
0: mm mm-hmm. That was my dad's name Dick Dick <laughs> Uh, the two separated in the late '60s, but never officially divorced. Cause remember, Jack converted to Roman Catholicism, and good Catholics don't get divorced. So he stuck to his guns with the Catholicism.
1: I can understand that. As I
0: can't. That's why I'm not Catholic n- I mean, anymore. <laughs> I mean, not even so much.
1: Just not even so much Catholic. And this is going to probably rub people the wrong way. But you do stand in a church and say, "Till death do you part." Now this is different because. She did die, but when they say, till death do you part, and then they get a divorce and remarry, well, in the eyes of the church, you're committing adultery. You're still married to this person until
0: death do you part, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Jack never spoke of his first wife or her death. His son, Richard, and his wife still live in the house across the street today, and before Jack's death in 1998, Richard's wife was doing family research in the library and came across an article on the death of Christina naming Jack as the husband involved in the case. And although it shocked them, the two never questioned Jack about it due to his declining health. Ronald and Jack remained friends until 1956, when Ronald said he was moving to New York. He gave his Pekingese dog to Richard, who was about two at the time, before he left. And then no one ever heard from him again. So I'm betting he probably changed his name again, but no one can even verify that he went to New York. No one ever heard from him After that, whatsoever.
1: If he got to the city limits and was like, fuck this, I'm tired. He's got an apartment.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It could have happened. So now Richard and his wife insist that Jack was very easygoing. He didn't like to start trouble. He avoided confrontations so much so that he wouldn't even return defective items to the store because that would just be too confrontational for him. He had difficulty asserting himself, basically. They believe that Ronald planned the whole thing and Jack was strung along, not wanting to rock the boat. If that's the case, when did Ronald start planning and when did Jack get involved? So, is it possible that the two were lovers and Christina was in love with Jack, but Jack didn't really want to marry her because he was in love with Ronald? And that could possibly be so
1: because during that time frame it's like you know you meet a woman you court her you get the fathers approval which is why he turned roman catholic mm-hmm. and did he just need a beard yeah <laughs> i mean yeah like i think like if if in this theory i think he's trying to suppress the fact that he's in love with another man because it wasn't socially acceptable so you was know?
0: was so he involved like, in this plan or do you think ronald just planned it and jack went along with it
1: i think it was one of those things where it's like 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 they're on their honeymoon right and 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 she's enjoying herself eating a dinner you know eating at a restaurant and stuff right and he's like laughing and he's like yay cool we're married but then like he'll pop a glance
0: over at Ronald, over at
1: Ronald just every once in a while i'd be like god like in a different world this would, this would this would be us but we like a forbidden love mm-hmm. type of thing you know
0: So if that's the case, it's actually kind of sad for everybody involved. Yeah. So did Ronald come up with a plan? You know, you get life insurance policies. I get homeowner's insurance on the cottage. You marry her. She dies. The cottage burns down. We get money and still get to be together. Yeah, could be. So if Jack was too afraid of confrontation, he could have just said sure and kind of went along with it. It's possible Ronald- Or he
1: could have been like deathly in love and was like, you know what? Let's do this so we can have money and me and you can start a life.
0: Maybe. It's possible Ronald was drugging Christina, or maybe she was self-medicating because she was trying to deal with this shit, and he either got her to write or sign the suicide notes in her messed up state of mind as a way to later imply that she did it to herself. I could kind of see it that way.
1: I'm not saying it's cool to self-medicate yourself, but I Mm -hmm. could also be like- God, it's supposed to be me and him and fucking Ronald's here. God, this is fucking weird. Yeah. And Papa like, okay, I'm just going to take this and go lay down. This is fucking strange. <laughs> and he's outside. He's sunbathing. He's fucking sunbathing. Goddamn son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> but I mean, why else would he have the notes with him and then go back into the burning cottage to get them?
1: That's something that bothers me when you when spoke about it earlier that like he ran back in. Uh, leave him. Yeah, that gets rid of anything you know, anything that's like that's like that's like you, you, you shoot somebody in the head and then you run away and you're like, wait, I need to get that gun. Yeah, you know, like g- get away from the gun.
0: Get away from the fucking burning cottage. You run back in for some letters. I don't think he ran back in, period, but that's just my opinion. Or maybe Christina really was suicidal. Seeing the man you love and married having this quote-unquote unnatural relationship, even on your honeymoon, would probably do things to anyone's mind. Did Ronald maybe push her buttons to make her more depressed or crazy? Like, did he exploit that? Hoping that she would kill herself? And when she didn't, he took violent steps to make sure she ended up dead? I mean, it's pretty hard to drown yourself without attaching weights and throwing yourself into a deep water... And I can't imagine that she had enough coding in her system to render her unconscious as she walked by the river and she passed out and drowned.
1: I don't know. I mean, there's a cool documentary out called Open Water.
0: It has nothing to do with this.
1: She drowned herself. Willingly.
0: It's a movie. It's a
1: documentary.
0: About sharks.
1: You heretic. (laughs) (laughs) You just struck a nerve.
0: I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) How dare you?
0: I mean, if she had had that much codeine in her system, I would think that they would have noted massive amounts of the drugs in her system. And they just called it a trace amount. And her feet were unmarked, which could be evidence that she was carried there. So maybe Ronald drowned her in the cottage and then carried her to the river to stage it. And maybe he drugged (laughs) Jack and hit him over the head to try to give Jack some kind of plausible deniability. He probably didn't remember anything after 11 a.m. because he was drugged and hit on the head. But was it Ronald or Christina that did it? Who drugged Jack and who set the cottage on fire?
1: You know, makes me think like that's something that could possibly happen. Like while they're talking, when Christina's not around, you know, like, how are we going to be together? How are we? How can we do this? I literally just got married. Remember, you were there and you followed us here.
0: He didn't follow. He went with
1: yeah <laughs> remember we made my wife sit in the back seat yeah I wonder if like Ronald was like don't worry I got it and he was like Jack's like what's this thing What what is that he's like don't worry he's like no you did it again what is that what are you trying to do he's like ah nothing just you know go to sleep <laughs> Ronald I'm really uncomfortable with you doing that <laughs> What are you doing? Nice thing you he heard was, dong <laughs> From the shovel. It'd be cool that he's trying to convince himself, drowning Christina in the toilet, giving her the swirly of death.
0: And he's like, eh, Swirly of death.
1: Water is <laughs> water. That's why he dropped her in the That's river. the,
0: of the, episode, the creek. Swirly of death. The swirly of death.
1: <laughs> and he took her to the creek or the river or whatever. He's like, eh, Water is water.
0: This a shit. It's yeah. in her
1: lungs. I <laughs> can't trace that.
0: Well, I'm personally leaning towards Ronald setting the whole thing up from the beginning with how quickly the marriage happened, how quickly everyone got insurance policies, and the fact that Christina's family claimed she was doped up and only came to to find she was married. I think he either forced the letters or somehow got Christina to write them and then injured Jack to make it look like Christina had actually tried to kill him. He may have even forged the life insurance policies on Jack and Christina. I I don't think Jack probably even knew every detail, but... I
1: think Ronald was a fucking romantic like we've <laughs> never seen.
0: Well, I think Jack knew that Ronald had done something really bad, but didn't know the details, and then just kind of covered for him because it was the easier thing to do. And he probably loved him.
1: It, it, like, the, like the same scenario, you know, but instead of the thing, like... He's like, "What are we gonna do?" You know, like he like brushed like the back of his fingers mm-hmm. against his cheek. He's like, "Love finds a way." <laughs> He's like, "What does that mean?" He's like, "Shh!" Like puts his finger right on his lips. "Love finds a way." Yeah, I got that. But what are you talking about? He's like, "Okay, what I'm gonna do is." smack you in the face with a shovel. What love does not find that way? I will spackle you. It'll be okay. <laughs> I'm going to hit you in the face with a shovel. That does not sound like love, Ronald. No. <laughs> My little puppy. <laughs> I'm going to hit you so fucking hard you're not going to remember, Dick. Wow. Am I going to remember math? Yeah, it won't be that hard. <laughs>
0: He's had practice. He knows the right amount of force. Yeah. And then he like the place is on fire, and then Ronald's
1: behind him with a Shelly's like, Jack, turn around, and look at me right now. Pong! <laughs> there it is. There it is.
0: He probably drugged Ronald first to make it easier on him. <laughs> my guess.
1: <laughs> Gave him drugs and was like, yeah, I ain't gonna feel a fucking thing.
0: Exactly.
1: Till you wake up and have to sign autographs.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think Jack he kinda knew. That Ronald did something but didn't know the details. And it's possible that Ronald actually tried to kill Jack by drugging him and hitting him over the head. But then maybe realized that he couldn't kill him because he loved him too. And we will probably never know the whole truth. But it's a very weird one to ponder. But I think Ronald was definitely the instigator and probably brought all of this about.
1: I can't get out of my head. Him with Jack over his shoulder carrying a shovel and he's walking to the canoe <laughs> like singing to himself like <laughs> just whistling like mm-hmm. this a no- normal day jack you okay <laughs> yeah tap my butt once if you're okay yeah uh, you're out <laughs> uh, good thing about this is ain't gonna hurt when i throw you in the fucking boat are <laughs> right, you okay you're fine so, how do you feel about this whole thing? Um, I think it was, um, a love line, not a triangle. I think Christina was never part of it to begin with, but she was so desperate to find a husband and to have a quote-unquote normal life, especially if what you said was true if she was mm-hmm. raped and maybe she just wants to feel pure and whole again. If that's the case, yeah, sure. Um, I think that they were in love and tried to find a way out and... Didn't work out the way they planned, and then that's why they went their separate ways, and that's why they got their own families. It seemed like they tried to kind of cure themselves, quote-unquote, cure themselves Mm -hmm. from, you know what? If it gets like that, um, just go to bed together, start fucking each other, and be happy. You know, Just do that. You know, you didn't even need to kill her. There was no no even point in getting her involved. Yeah. But, you know, that's what I, what do you think?
0: I definitely think it it was, it was Ronald and... Jack probably didn't know exactly what was going to happen but knew that something was and just kind of went along with it. I think
1: I think Jack wanted them to be together and wasn't privy to the fact that Ronald was going to make sure they were going to be together. Mhm. Type of thing. Like like uh, I think it's
0: quite possible Ronald forged the life insurance policies because why are you going to list him as the beneficiary, if that's yeah. the
1: case? Yeah, it all goes back to the shovel. Like, <laughs> like, like, he's like, you know, Jack's like, oh my God, I, 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 you know, I love you, and I think we should be together, but not like this. And he's like, not like what? Tong!
0: <laughs> Ronald
1: did it. You know, like, Jack wanted
0: it. He woke up and was like, waffles. Jack wanted it. Ronald wanted it. The only difference is, Ronald did it. Yeah, Jack Ron. didn't know what was coming. Ronald's was an optimist. Ronald made it happen.
1: He was an optimist. <laughs> he was like, yeah,
0: shoot
1: for the fucking stars on this one.
0: <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah. Christina, come check out what's in the toilet. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> And down you go.
0: That's the case of the mysterious death of the eight-day bride, which I guess is kind of a well-known case in Canada, but I had never heard of it.
1: When the bubbles stop, they're dead.
0: Mm-hmm. You say that like you know from experience. Is that how you got the heart? I'm going to take your silence as a yes. (laughs) What? 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 (laughs) I was not at a rest stop. (laughs) Let us know your thoughts and theories about what happened on social media. And then find a place to rate and review us. Give us five stars if you enjoyed the show. This is one of the best ways to help us. It really helps with the visibility of the show Makes us easier to find. And please, while you're on the interwebs, check out the other great podcasts on the Murderly Network and show them some love. You can find all of us at murder.ly. If you would like to be a real baller and financially support the show, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash and make a pledge. Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month and a shout-out on the show. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. And I did just send all of the packages out yesterday, so Friday. Be looking for those. Maybe you'll get them before this episode drops on Wednesday. Yeah,
1: sorry for the delay. I don't know if we mentioned it before. Our printer really took a shit on us. Our printer! Our
0: printer! Would only feed through on one side, and so all the paper was going through diagonal. Yeah, it so... was like the
1: paper, there was a paper jam, but there's We no finally paper got in all
0: it. the stationery that we needed, and then the fucking printer broke, because that's just our lives. <laughs> and
1: this is what is good about Patreon. Because of your guys' support, we're going to name all of you, mm-hmm. I would like to thank you. You bought us a printer. You so did. So that we can... You purchased a for. new printer. This is what it's for. Yes. So thank you guys. You bought us a printer and, and now we can continue.
0: And sending packages to Canada, I have to fill out a customs form and everything. And it costs pretty much as much as you donate. So just so you know, you're helping with that. Yeah. Everything that we sent out this week from the stamps and the international stamps and the postage and everything, you guys are you helping that. Yeah, mail it
1: to yourself, really. Yeah.
0: You guys are awesome. You're rock stars. And we want to thank you all.
1: Oh, and thank you guys as well. I ran out of paracord, and I ordered more. He
0: did. And with the Patreon Patreon money. Patreon took care of that. So thank you. To make the new uh, keychains. Yep. And we have two exclusive ballers, yo, now. We have Amy and our newest one, Kirsten. So thank you very much. Is
1: it uh, Kirsten?
0: Kirsten. Kirsten? Kirsten?
1: I don't know who you are, but I love you. No, I know who you are, but I don't know how to say your name because we haven't spoke. We're going to be in contact with you real soon.
0: We will be. uh, Of course, she donated after the first of the month, so beginning of March, we will have her on one of our shows to introduce the show, and it will be amazing, I'm sure, just like we did with Amy. But those are our two amazing ballers, yo, Amy and Kirsten. We love you guys so much. And we also have Bonnie, Bridget, Cooper, Karina, Corey, Donald, Dylan, who is another new patron, Belfast Grace times 2 Dos. Holly, Hunter, Jennifer, another new one, Kate, Christy, Marie, Maxime, Molly S., Molly W., Steven, and Sue. You awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love and you will all be getting our brand new stickers. Whether you've adjusted your pledge or not, we sent them out. To everyone who get, had an address on there, if you're a patron for a dollar and you don't have an address, just an email, put your address on there. We'll send you stickers too.
1: Not a problem. Actually, to be totally honest with you, we're pretty lenient and we're we're, we're, we're pretty happy about this because this is so much fun for us to do. Like uh, with Kirsten, mm-hmm. um, odds are... Not only are you going to introduce the episode, we're going to talk for a while. And yeah. we'll probably pepper that shit in the, the, the <laughs> I episode. I think we ended up
0: talking with Amy for like two hours. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, so get ready. And we're, you know, but like, if you send us an email and are like, like you could literally send us an email and be like, you guys fucking rule. I live at, you'll probably get a fucking sticker. Yeah.
0: We will send them out. That is not a problem. And they are, all went out yesterday so I hope you guys find some awesome homes for your stickers and we want to see them. Take a picture, post it on social media, let us know where you found a home for your stickers. That would be awesome. So yeah, you guys all have our undying love and anyone else, you can now make a one-time donation if you don't want to do the revolving every month donation. You can choose the amount on our PayPal link on our website, martinisandthemacab.com and it's near the bottom of the homepage underneath the Patreon links. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis in the Macabre and on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. And be sure to join our fan page on Facebook as well at friends who like Martinis in the Macabre. And uh, we love interacting with you guys. Feel free to post whatever you like on the pages to share our post. Sharing our pages, posts, and tweets helps to get the word out, helps us grow organically. So please feel free to share away.
1: And I am going to really, really try to be more interactive on Twitter. I've, I've fallen short. I have um, not
0: been on social media in a few months. And as we said at the beginning of the episode, I have some social anxiety. Yeah. And
1: uh, no, that's fine.
0: I, I've had to, you know, wait to get some medication filled because I switched jobs and had to wait on insurance. So I'm still gearing up to face the Facebook crowd and the Twitter crowd. And are you that. really?
1: Are you really? Is that a thing?
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. So that is why I've been so absent from all the social media is because I'm weird like that <laughs> i'm looking
1: i i'm not so much I, i'm looking forward to just going there and meeting other people i i want to uh i want to see kate mm-hmm. from inner bliss i'm really excited about that i want yeah. to meet hunter i want to meet bonnie i there's so many people i want to meet that's what i'm excited for yeah so like when people were coming up to me like oh i love your podcast i'm like oh shit i do have a podcast i not like like i'm <laughs> i would be so like interested in meeting other people yeah Uh, I I guess the uh, fangirling
0: Yeah, I'll fangirl I'm sure we're going to fangirl in Chicago Because there's a lot of podcasters that are going to be there That I personally listen to And it's just, it's going to be great But uh, yeah, if you guys can share Anything that we post And I apologize if we've not been as interactive As we've been in the past My bad, I'm strange But uh (laughs) No, you're fine (laughs) I just had some uh, mental health issues I'm trying to tackle, so Got on my medication working up to it. So thank you for your patience. And uh, yeah, feel free to share away with anything that we post on our pages or our tweets. You can visit our website martinisinthemacab.com, to learn a little bit about us. You can listen to our complete episode catalog or listen to all the songs created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. Who is now, as we speak, at a Pacers game. He is. He went to Indy tonight for a uh, reward field trip. Was it for no... No referrals. No referrals. So he is at a Pacers game tonight. this is like his third one. Yeah. Go Pacers, I guess. We we don't sports. We don't know. (laughs) We're not
1: sportsters.
0: Hopefully he has fun. But uh, yeah, you can listen to all of his songs on our website. And I will add another one at the end of this episode. I still have two more that he has not released yet. So I will be putting one here. And be sure to find his first official album release called Views on iTunes, Spotify, and many other music providers. You can find all of those links on our website on the music page. And for any questions, comments, topic suggestions, asking for stickers, whatever you'd like, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com, or you can use the contact page on the website. And once again, thanks so much for listening. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies, and we'll see you in two weeks. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, honey. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: shit in his fucking tank.